Here we go. Thank you so much for tuning into the Attacker Lee Show. My name is Samos. I'm with my good friend Matt Garber. <laughs> I, I, I just love the auto tune. Yeah. And today we are going to talk about new year, new gear, new year, new gear, and what that means for you this year, 2021. It's a new year, fresh start, and we're going to explore what that means for you with regards to gear and your business and your life and how to make 2021 your best year ever. But before we jump into it, we've got some housekeeping. Mm. Housekeeping, fluff your pillow. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> what we need you guys to do, Matt and I are finally... Uh, catching on four years into this, that uh, this is year four. Welcome. That uh, Welcome. we need some of you or all of you to subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast. That would be great. Please. If you can do that. If you have ever listened to us and you support us or you're new and you're excited to listen to us, or even if you're on the fence, go like, heart, comment, share, do whatever you can. Just... Help us, please. Help us spread this lovely episode. So, yes, that's our housekeeping. And now, every time you say housekeeping, you have to say it like in the maid voice. Housekeeping. (laughs) And now, on to the episode. Matt, are you ready? Yeah, we're totally rolling with this intro, and you got to keep the little exclamation that you said at the beginning before you started your intro, like, whatever, like, I was like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it sounds like Mario. I'll keep it. You got to keep it. I'll put that in there. If you heard that at the beginning of the episode, you're welcome, everyone. There you go. Season four is just off. We're just, we're just off to a great start. I can feel it already. So we used, we were talking about this before we started. We got to figure out what we're going to say in 2021 because we used the 2021 opener in 2020. We just skipped it. <laughs> we just skipped it. So we... now we need an opener for 2021. Yes. Last year was knock it out of the park, which was supposed to be this year's, but we just skipped to it. So this year, maybe it could be uh, can you, could you do can you dig you could it? Do like. <laughs> Yeah, you could do that. Or <laughs> I don't, know, I don't even know why I'm I have no idea why I'm thinking about this, but you remember the old toy from when we were kids called the Bop It? Yeah, I remember that. It's like bop it, twist Turn, it, yeah. spin it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wanna bop it? Are you ready to bop it? Until, yeah, until we figure it out. I love it. I mean, that's what all the kids say, you know, this is a bop. I'm a dad, so I can say all the cheesy stuff. Yeah, like that song's a bop. I I use the term bop. I used it once and I was like, man, I am like I needed to to break out the the dad sneakers, <laughs> the new balance, the white new balance. We could either with the grass stains. Yeah, oh yeah. Zaddy. Um <clears throat> we could either say all right, do you want to bop it? Or we could say spill the tea, which is a very cool phrase. That's a cool phrase right now? Yeah, spill the tea. It's been like for the last year. What, is that, or so. what does that even mean? It might even be on its way out. It's basically like uh, share share the gossip, it. the news, the juice. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. You want to spill the tea, Matt? 
<laughs> I have never heard of this. Oh my gosh. I use that phrase for sure in 2020. What? Yeah, spill the tea. If you said that to me, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? I say about? it to my wife all the time when she hangs out or yeah, hangs out with people sometimes. I thought you were gonna say and she hangs up on me. When she hangs up on me. <laughs> she comes back from a coffee date or something. Say so spill the tea. Spill the tea. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna say that to my wife at dinner, and she'd be like, "What?" She might know. She might be, I doubt she. She knows. might be super trendy, and you don't know. I'm gonna write this on my hand. She's like, "What's this mean?" And I'll be like, "I don't know, dear. What does it mean?" My only hesitation with spill the tea is that for people listening, they might be going, "Spill the tea." That was like 2019, 2020. Because One of the Americans dumped the tea into the harbor. <laughs> because it Spill was tea. a phrase that's probably a year old at this stage for sure. But for maybe our audience, they don't know that, just like you didn't know that. I'd say either bop it or spill the tea. Let's bop it. Bop it feels more original because spill the tea's already been around. Yeah. No. It, how, how do I not know about this? Spill the tea? If it's been around. What else has been around? So many things. Do you know the word sus? No. Gotta sus this out, like suspect. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like suss it out is like kind of like digging out. into it. Yeah. We gotta get into it. Yeah. Uh no flex. That's uh that's one. Uh caps. No caps. What's no flex. Or no flex is basically like not showing off, not joking around. It's serious. Oh, just like the opposite of flex. Right. You're serious. Oh, yeah, okay. No flex. Sure. Uh, let's I've see. Used flex. What is another one? I don't flex a lot. I don't really got much flex. Uh, the word bet, B E T, is like I someone's mean, like, all right, then bet. And that means like, uh, like go like ahead. Context go ahead clues. with it, you know? Um, kind of like confidently yeah, type thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I could pick up on that and be like, what are you talking about? So the people listening can correct me on what I just butchered, but that's uh, those are some terms, you know, that I what hear. What was the one after bet? You said one more. I think I... <sighs> bet was the last one I just said. Okay. Yeah. Might have been sus, and then I cut sus. you Sus. Oh, there was one... Yeah, uh, sus it out. That's an old one. Yeah. Uh, no caps. No caps, no flex. Uh, what's no caps? Bet. No caps is similar to no flex. No caps means like you're for real. Sam, I'm so old. You're older than me. How do you know this? Because you live in a hip town. It's because I work in the rap genre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do people use that in emails formally? No caps. No bet. Uh, yeah, people use bet, sus. Uh, I mean, no cap is a big one. What was the one at the beginning I really didn't know? Uh, spill the tea. Spill the tea. Spill the tea is real common. Have you ever seen that in an email? Uh, not in an email, but in text and stuff. Never even heard of it. Yeah, I think so and so spilled the tea. Last time we spilled the tea was 17, what, 73? <laughs> See, now you are old because you know history. <laughs> I love history. <laughs> so old. You're just an old I soul. I can uh, dig it. Um, anyway, Do you know this, Dig It? Dig It's kind of the new one coming in. You know, you ever heard of this? Yeah, can so, you dig it? 2021. Want to bop it? Yeah, let's bop this episode, dog. Then we see, like, if you do the whole, like, that thing, you can do, like, the bop it, the twist it, the <laughs> pull it. Do you want to pull it? That's going to be the hip one. You that's what. That's what's going to be. 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but not like in that way. All the kids on TikTok would be saying that. <laughs> I had to get rid of it. I don't want China spying on me. You sound so old right now. Why? Because you just Am talk about getting rid of TikTok, and... so you don't want China spying on you and you don't know these words. I know. The well, that's why I think don't I don't care. know the words. That's why I don't. <laughs> That's why I don't think I know it anymore because I probably would have kept up with it if I would have done TikTok. New Year, New Year. We stayed on it. New Year, New Year should be you learning <laughs> the slang for 2021. But oh, we're going to teach the old kids the slang from the early 90s or late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. Like salty dog. That's salty. Why are you so salty? <laughs> uh, the years of the Baja men. You let the dogs out. It's a great song. Side note, Shaggy Wasn't Me is still a freaking banger. (laughs) Side note, we'll still be doing a podcast today. (laughs) Side note, go listen to Shaggy Wasn't Me. Tell me those drums. How y'all like in season four so far? (laughs) It's a variety show. (laughs) There you go. Season four is a variety show. Yeah. All right, let's bop this episode. (laughs) Let's bop it. Because you see, you can use the bop, the twist, the pull, the... I don't know what the other ones are. I understand. I understand the concept I got to look here. up this device. Y'all got to look up this device if y'all don't know what it is, the bop it. I like saying, let's bop it, dog. I'd play the commercial, but like I'd, we, we might get in trouble. Yeah. Just, the, the OG was bop it, twist it, full. I think there's a flick it and there's a roll it or spin it. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, we could say spin it. Are you ready to spin it? I mean, Damn, that, one, that one's too. all radio DJ, like old school <laughs> DJ. I don't know if it's cool though. I feel like Bop it has a a more uh, Sam. I'm obviously not alive to be cool. I think I think Bop it has our most potential. Yeah, outside of spill the tea, but I think spill the tea is dated. What if we say you want to flick it? That's kind of oh, weird. Gosh, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm looking at the Bop it right now and all the options. I, I don't know. Somebody Probably get this man a Bop it. it. <laughs> I'd play the episode, but I think there might be a copyright thing. In there. In our future. Okay, we have anyway. to do this episode. <laughs> Let's bop it. Let's bop it. Until we figure it out, new intro. Excellent. So, Sam. Matt. What used to work for you in 2020 that is not going to work for you in 2021? What revelations have you had? What a great question. Over the past, over the past year. I'm really interested in this one for you. <laughs> you and I haven't talked about this. I know we haven't. Uh... So new year, new gear, uh, new things, things that maybe didn't didn't work, things that used to work in 2020 that won't work in 2021. And do you have your eye on anything? Oh. Um, let me let me let me say that my observation of 2020 is that records are getting more and more compressed, more loud, more often, more consistently. The loudness war, which I don't believe in necessarily, there is still a trend of everyone wants their record 99.9% loud. And in 2020, I still resisted it here and there. And in 2021... I can't do that anymore. Just not allowed. If people want their records super highly compressed, then that's what they get. I'm tired of... Uh, not. It's not even fighting. It's just a surrendering that I'm excited for us to hit zero, zero DR. 
And then for people to get over it. And then to get over it because we're at a stage where we're I'm starting to hit twos and threes. And so we're we're so close to zero zero all the time. So in 2020 there was um I don't resist making things loud. I I I have a slight um qualm with knowing that it could sound better and this isn't to say even to make it dynamic. I make really loud records. Um, but there are <laughs> not to brag, not to brag, but I do make very loud records. Um, and I like compression more loud, more often. I'm going to say that all season until people understand compression. Um, but I have found that, um, people just don't care. They don't care if I, um, if I basically say, this is just too loud too often or the mix is distorting because you've overcompressed it and I just need a little bit of room to do my job. People don't want to do that. Um, so there's no more resistance. At the, about the last like five to six months of 2020, uh, I surrendered finally 100% and whatever people send me is what I work with. I assume now at this stage, and I probably should have done this years ago, that what someone is sending me truly is what they've signed off on. And they don't care if it's clipping, they don't care if it's distorted, they don't care if it pins me in a corner. Um, they like it, and that's great. And So um, we yes. had a guest who said that. Yeah. That was, <clears throat> took a sip of water like mid when I was doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's starting to sound a little weird. Um our first guest, mm -hmm. go back and check out the Brad Blackwood episode. Yeah. You listeners and podcast, Phil. Um, he said one thing, it was something along the lines of like, um, like, like you need to realize that like everything that you're sent is a client approved master. Right. And it's like those three words. And then ever since, like, after he said that, I was like, man, that's like, some like kind of profound knowledge. You could probably do an episode on client approved masters. <laughs> right. And like what the client is sending you is what they like. Right. And I don't have to go back to them for all these little things. Like if there's right. a click, I'm not going to go back to it and remove it. I'm just going to go into RX and I'm going to remove it because right. it's probably not supposed to be there. Yes. But it's like I put a little checkbox on the bottom of my mastering checklist and it says, has the client approved this master? And if they push that button, which they have to, to submit the form. The mix, yeah. 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 It's like, this is what it is. Right. Like, they said they approved it. Right. That's what and I have, too. this is where we are. I think it's, I think for this year, it was just a, a full, there's not been any resistance. I don't pick fights with anybody ever. Like, no. But there's a mental, it's more of a mental thing where I, where I will get a mix sometimes and be like, Wow. We are really going for it here. Like <laughs> they really are going for something here. And all the sauce. Sometimes it sounds good. Sometimes it's bad. Most of the time it's good. Most of my mixers are awesome. I love my mixers. But um, you know, it's it's just a continual uh understanding that we're in a service industry and and I serve the client. Always been doing that, but I feel like coming into twenty twenty one I've uh, I've just let go of that mental burden of <clears throat> feeling like it's my, um, I don't know, I just, I don't 
it's not that I don't care and I'm not like, I don't want this to sound like I'm rolling over, but I just, I want to trust my, my client like they trust me. So if they send me a mix and it's heavily compressed and more loud more often, then I'm going to work off that and that'll be great. So it's something I already do, but that's something moving into 2021 full full surrender and full support that whatever you're sending me, I'm trusting that you're stoked on it. So that'll be something that I would say uh, I'm no longer going to really worry about in 2021. I'm going to assume that everybody knows if they're making their mixes super uh, loud and compressed that that's mm-hmm. what they want. And I will just make it even more loud. <laughs> And that'll be great because that's what they want too. Mm. So that's one thing for me. What about you, Matt? I would say, <clears throat> and it's, it touches back on our episode, which y'all need to go listen to. There's not a lot of people want to listen to that one. The How Loud is Too Loud episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found a lot of... And this isn't once like I feel like this is kind of a parallel to what you're saying, but a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and I think you and I just just operate in two different genres. Like I don't, I might do one or two hip hop records a year, where that's all you do. Um, well, for the most part, you do. A I lot do of, a lot like, of pop, CCM, and country and pop. Yeah, just loud <clears throat> top forty. Yeah, and I'm doing like all. I mainly do. Um, like super indie, I do folk, I do psychedelic, I do rock, uh, a lot of like indie rock. And uh, what else? Let me look at my vast array. <laughs> it's just like tons of like indie stuff. And I've had a lot of instrumental this year. Hmm. That was kind of interesting. I was like, yeah, sure, I can take that. So I've had a lot of mental clarity. I've had like, an abundance of like mental clarity on like where a mix can go mm-hmm. and confidence in that I don't need to push this thing to oblivion for this to get approved or anything. And it's like, I have no problem. It's like, I have some records that still go into like, like you said, like the twos and the threes and they go there because they can go there. And that's like kind of the client's references. And that's where just things are, let's call it destined to end up. <laughs> but I've just kind of found this mental clarity in that I don't need to like slam the hell out of things. I do still, and I enjoy doing that. But in general, if a mix does not want to go like to like somewhere, it's like, I I don't know where it is. I I, kind of feel like it's more of like a maturity thing. Like I wasn't pushing things to oblivion in the past, but it's like I would at least experiment with it a little bit. Yeah. And be like, I wonder if this could go there. And I don't know. It could also be like kind of like going through this for as as long as I have with like some of the customers that I have who have been with me honestly for five or six years. Them just like like us coming to a point to where we just trust each other and we know what each other wants. And it's like, I can return something that's not as loud as like something may have been in the past and they're completely fine with it. And I don't even really have to explain it. I just say in the email, Hey, this is perfect. Right. I love it. And they're like, sweet. Yeah. I think this is perfect. And I also love it. And, um, 
Because I know like whenever you get started out doing this, there's like an identity thing and like, oh, well, mastering stuff like has to be loud. I'm not saying like that was like a dragon that I chased. Yeah. But, um, and I can slam stuff to oblivion and it'll sound really good still. Um, and I don't know. I think it's kind of like knowing that you can do, do something. Yeah. But then just like not needing to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, why do I need to do that unless like unless this person like really just asks for it to be crazy? I don't need to do this, and I know I don't. I can, and the mix can probably do it, right? But is it probably going to sound better um, on the more dynamic side? I'm not saying like print something at like minus ten RMS. It's like it's like I'm still talking like. It's like I, I like like if I go and like meter like current music, it's like I'm seeing on my meter like I have a zero on my VU meter yeah. set to minus seven RM, RMS. It's like I have some people like I see like they set it to like minus four because then you have like the one two three in the red, so it's like four three two like one. Um, and it's like I get that, but it's like I have it at like minus seven. I like that, and I watch that like a lot of music is kind of like. Like a lot of like the verses and choruses, like I've actually seen the exact opposite. I just think you and I like listen to a little bit different of music. Absolutely. Like music is kind of airing a little bit more on the more dynamic side. Choruses are still slammed. And it's like you still have, like I see a lot of the uh, choruses and whatnot, like fling over into the red. And it's like, you know what? It's like, uh, if if anything, if I have a doubt about where this should go, I'm just going to match it to where I see current music of today metering at. And it's like making sure I hit your references while I'm at it. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to call it a day. And if you want it louder, you can tell me it's louder. And that's not like a jab on my ego or anything else. And so that's kind of how I'm like approaching 2021 is like, it's like, I'm going to take this music where I think it needs to go and I'm going to deliver it to you. If you want it louder, you can have it louder. It's not a, I don't mind doing that at all, but right. um, I don't see the need to like, deliver at like balls to the wall level unless it's like something that you're like genuinely after. Yeah. So do you have a piece of gear in 2020 that you don't think will work in 2021? Um, <clears throat> is something on the outs. <laughs> I have debated about getting rid of my Alicia Expressor. Yeah, <laughs> I say that so sad <laughs> because there was a time where I said I would never get rid of it, but um, it's kind of it's an incredible compressor, all around compressor. And it has a warm feature that I really like, and then it has a parallel. As I describe it, I'm like, wait, I'm not getting rid of this. Um, <laughs> it has a gain reduction limiter, so you only take off as much as you want consistently. That's probably the coolest feature. Um, but I've just found myself this last year, it doesn't quite have enough, um, color for me. Hmm. It's very clean. And even the warm section is pretty clean. And, um, I'll probably end up keeping it just for other things like running things through it. Um, when I make beats or stuff, but as far as mastering, I'm using it less and less and less essentially. Mm. <laughs> um, so this year I didn't use it a ton and uh, it just kind of sits there and stares at me. 
And um, it's just something that I've found for where I'm moving uh, sonically, which is kind of more and more bringing energy to things. And sometimes I feel like when people hear color, they think like I'm making lo-fi records or something like analog <laughs> or something like old, I get a lot of lo-fi records old, like cassette tape sound or something yeah but color is 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 that and also everything else like grit grime crunch brightness intensity harm- yeah so I continually kind of lean into pushing gear figuring out how it pushes and pulls and the expressor to me doesn't push or pull very well. It just yeah. kind of sounds the same no matter what, which is great. It's like very transparent. Um, but I'm not really a trans transparent type of mastering engineer um, as far as wanting to hit something that kind of does nothing um, sonically. I like to use compression and limiting and saturation and harmonics as EQ and um, the expressor doesn't do a ton for me. And I want everyone to hear the Alicia expressor is amazing for mm-hmm. what it's worth. And if you like it, keep and using it. that's the it. 500 series? Yeah, the 500 series. It's, <coughs> it's great. Um, and I think it's a, a super well-made piece of gear. I think the price point is incredible for what it does. <clears throat> I think if you had a studio, you'd for sure want one. Uh, mm-hmm. On the mix bus, it's kind of fun, too. Drum bus, really fun. Um, but yeah, that's a piece of gear that I use less and less as I shift more into continually kind of going down this like energetic color path um, of what I like to make and what people really seem to like in the genres I'm working in. Um, I get a lot of to my own horn compliments about my low end and saturation and kind of just overall bringing life to records and a lot of that comes from um not being a clean not not being a, a ninja at the mastering stage <laughs> comes mm-hmm. from manipulation um and kind of pushing and pulling things into gear so that's what i'm thinking about I'll probably stop using at the mastering stage i don't know if i will sell it um, but that is a piece of gear that three years ago I would have told you, no way, man, never, ever not going to consider that as part of the part of the kind of go to lineup. And obviously, it's a tool, and maybe there's a spot for it. But I just find myself less and less wanting to paint that sort of color. Hmm. So yeah, what about a uh, a piece of gear you're thinking, or pieces of gear you're thinking about picking up this year? Well, anything you got your eye on? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of want to go down the path of the Fairchild and having a Fairchild made, because um, you can't really find them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a couple. Oh, well, I know a guy now that basically can recreate them pretty much part for part piece them together like Frankenstein but it's probably is that the guy in Charleston? yeah yeah he's like right down the road yeah. from where he's, I live he's like your neighbor but um, yeah he's made a couple I don't want to share his identity on the show because I don't know how often he wants to make things but 
He doesn't make a lot. He's like, no. he's like, like a, I think less than three a year. Right. Um, so that's something I'm debating about putting the money into um, because I really like Fairchild, the plugin. I like the uh, tube tech I have that is based kind of off of a 2A and a Fairchild brainchild combined. And um, I have a, a mixer engineer in town who has one from this guy, and it is pretty much spot on. Vintage components, everything. Um, so that's something I'm looking at. And then, um, I mean, that's kind of the main the main thing. Like I, I'm kind of always on eBay, just scoping out anything tube. Um, mm-hmm. but there's nothing I could say like definitively that I'm like, yeah, there's probably, I, I would imagine in 2021, there's going to be some impulse buys. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel it. Like, I just feel like 2021 cause 2020, I didn't, um, I don't know if I bought anything this year hmm. actually. Cause I snap. well, that's not true. I got my. I think pair 1176s at the beginning of the year. But I don't really use those for mastering sometimes, but not really. Um, but yeah, 2020, I mean, I feel really good. We were talking before this episode. I feel really good about my signal chain still. So the expansion is more of a, for my own personal enjoyment, outside of being dissatisfied. Um, I also think we really go in seasons a lot. So mm-hmm. I look at all my artists 100%. and they go in seasons. I look like I look at painters like Picasso. I I enjoy Picasso. I have multiple books of his paintings and about him and the amount of seasons he's been through um throughout his career of of painting and creating sketches and pencil and charcoal and to paint and it's um you know, I think that's normal for a person to grow and change and so I would imagine there'll be pieces of gear I I acquire all throughout my life, and I look forward to meeting those pieces of gear. (laughs) I welcome them when it's time. Mm -hmm. So that's my answer. What about you, Matt? Anything you were using in 2020 and you're thinking maybe not 2021 so much? I went through a weird phase where I thought I was going to get rid of the master bus processor, mm-hmm. the I remember Rupert that. Neve, the Portico 2. Man, I'll tell you what, like, I just kind of like was just seeing if anyone was interested in it, if I were to sell it. And I have a, I have a saying that like, he who, he who stirs the pot shall lick the spoon. <laughs> and holy crap, it was like kicking a hornet's nest. <laughs> I was like, I got so many people like, why would you get rid of that? What's this? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just not really using it. And then like like fourth quarter came around and like end of the third quarter and then fourth quarter came around and it's just like on everything now. <laughs> and I'm like using it in different ways. I still don't like the compressor in it, but I mean, I don't think that's a reason not to get it. They came out with a black faceplate one. That mm-hmm. was kind of dope. If you're ever on the fence, you're like, that thing looks weird. Well, you got a black one now. Ooh, got a weird burp. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I was going through like a little while where I thought I was getting rid of the backs, but I don't think I'm going to get rid of the backs. I love it too much. I can't I can't do it to that thing. 
And it's like I use it to feed the very mu. It's like the first thing that like is on insert one. Yeah. And it's like it just feeds everything. And it's like I had this lo-fi album, talking about lo-fi albums, um, where uh, this mix engineer is like, or he was also the the artist, he was saying, I really want like some analog pumping out of this. And it's like he's all in the box. He's like, he's like, I can't really do it as well as I think you're gonna be able to. And so it's like driving the backs into the very mu and then letting like the manly very mu just do that thing that it does that it's so gorgeous it's just like they like it got the vibe literally just right away and yeah. it's like yeah this bag is here to stay that was like a day or so yeah um i don't go back and forth on gear a lot anymore um i still don't really care for the helo um i've phased <laughs> out the helo as my main point of conversion i got at the end of the year I think after our gear episode, I bought a Crane Song Head Quantum. I found a place that had two left. And like Crane Song, they don't sell them. Like Sweetwater VK, like no one has them. But I found a place that has two of them. And I said, yo, if I don't buy this from you on Reverb, since you're a retail outlet, will you like give me a discount? So you, since you won't be getting like screwed on Reverb prices and everything. <clears throat> and they bit. So they're normally like four grand. I think I got it for like just under thirty four hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and which is crazy. And they have like an insane clock in them. And so I've been sending. I've been using the Hilo as like my little transfer in and out, like Thunderbolt. And I just send to that, and then I just AES to the Crane song. And eventually, I want to get rid of the Hilo, and I might get uh, either like a something with like a. PCI card with like a Thunderbolt like little thing to AES or I might get I like that Weiss it's like a AF1 or something it's uh, essentially their Firewire interface the only reason I wouldn't do that is just because like Firewire is like uh, I don't know if I say a touch antiquated if that's like <laughs> it's like it's a little more than a touch antiquated but I mean people still use them today with like like pretty raving reviews so um Here's why the Hilo sucks, man. Because they solve so many dang problems for you. You get your AD, you get your DA, you get your monitor controller, you have fantastic routing. You can completely bypass your your signal chain and just listen to like uh, your your monitoring chain. You have like all these different scenes you can switch through if you want to mess with your headroom and. Uh, it's like, and, and if you don't like the clock, which I hated the clock on it the whole dang time, you can like run the clock off like something like the head quantum that's got like one of the like best analog clocks that's out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just sounds awesome, really just like locked everything up. Um, so it's like now if you want to get rid of the helo, you got to get a monitor controller, you have to get a DA, you have to get an AD. You have to like now. You have to figure out your interface from the computer to your to your rig, and so it kind of becomes like this like little nightmare that you've created for yourself by even <laughs> buying it in the first place. As convenient as it was, my big thing was I just wanted to get rid of the DA. No, I'm sorry, the AD, just because it's like I like. Oh, this is a stupid saying I have. I like to hit my gear like it owes me money, and it. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just like the Hilo doesn't like it and it gets gas and it's just cranky. So um, I'll eventually get rid of it. So I'm kind of using it as a monitoring out. I don't really see the point in like if I were to get another monitor controller and then run that through the Hilo because it's like 
It's supposed to be about simplicity. Sam and I were talking about this earlier. It's supposed to be about simplicity, so I'm not going to get a monitoring controller to run out of my monitoring controller so I can monitor my stuff. <laughs> and it's like, that doesn't make any sense because you're just putting more crap in the line. And it's like, oh, to me, there's no point in doing it. Well, you could probably get increase in clarity. You'll probably get something. Um, but whether it's better or not, it's it's the whole, like, is it is it better because it's better or is it better because it's new and now you have the new shiny? And right. it's like... <clears throat> Like, I'm not going to buy, like, a Crane Song, like, Avocet or, like, a Grace M905 to run out of my Hilo. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I've opened up the Hilo. It's like, I don't want to, like, run something more expensive, like, through the Hilo. I'll run AES out, but it's like, this head, it's like, eventually, it's like, I just want to run from my computer to, like, some really simple interface that handles my, like, that can route out to my monitoring, that can... And it's like, I don't know. I might, I might figure something else out, so... Um, so the, I don't know, Hila's still on the chopping block, but I mean, it's kind of a hard piece to get rid of. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I really like my rig now. I have nothing about it that I really like detest now that I have the head, the head quantum. I really, man, that clock is just kind of cool and nice. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff in 96 as well. And so just like being able to like flop back and forth, just like a little, knob and stuff and the helo would kind of get like gas whenever you're doing that and it like it would have like its own little jitter starting to sound like a bowl of rice krispie treats and i was like no i don't really know about this <clears throat> so yeah so stuff that i want to oh i have another piece um i don't think i'm in the right season this is just like a like on a laying in bed at night type thing and i have my eye on the clock sam i don't know what kind of time you're you need to run at. Um, obviously, we're not going to get through this whole agenda for this episode. We can keep going for like 10, 15 more minutes. All right, shoot me a text of like how much time you got mm-hmm. um, or a time you want to wrap and I'll make sure we stick to it. Um, I don't think that I'm in the right season to buy a tape machine. Um, I did that earlier in the year in 2020. I'll take a drink of water. I did that earlier in the year, <clears throat> and in all honesty, I'm just a sucker for a good deal. And it was like I think I offered the guy twelve fifty for it, and it's a great tape machine. It's got some like really insane heads, and it sounds really good. But it's just like I, I think like the season for me is like when I roll in at five thirty. I don't want to have to dick around with the tape machine and I don't want to have to like like make sure everything is as calibrated as it really needs to be and I have been. Yeah. Anytime I use it um and anytime I like toy around with it and stuff like that, I love using it. I think it's really fun, but it's like I have like a certain amount of time to get my work done and I'm not going to sell it now. But I just don't think that it's the right season of my life mm-hmm. for that piece of gear. So does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I don't know if that's like a, a maturity thing or I am full of hot air right now or whatever. But <laughs> that's just kind of like where I think I am. Like I really started using it in the fall yeah. of 2020. And it just kind of, uh, I don't know, just didn't really sit too well or it's like you'd have to go back and do revisions and stuff like that and it's just resetting things up and whatnot and 
it's like, yeah, I don't know if this is the season for that. Yeah. So that's kind of a point of clarity. So <clears throat> let's see. Something that I have my eye on. I've got my eye on you. I think if I were to do anything, like I've been talking about this for a while, I might do a monitoring upgrade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Like the Pro X, they're kind of like mixing monitors and whatnot. I have them like, like way dialed up. I got a Bryston 4B SST that pumps out 300 watts, and that's like double the recommended dose from Proac. And it's like, the thing about Proax is that like, they're just so dang natural. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have that paired up with a Velodyne DD12 plus, which is like a 4,000 watt amp, like powering this like 12 inch like cone. And it's like just insanely musical. And it's like, if I was in a bigger room, I'd totally get a pair of stereo subs. And, uh, I mean, just kind of not like in the cards right now. I know people are kind of against mono subs, but whatever, you'll get over it. <laughs> uh, once again, season of life, life thing. I was about to say season of lice. Season um, of life. I was kind of debating back in September, um, maybe August, about getting a pair. I, I tried ATCs a while ago, and I honestly just didn't care for them. Um, it could have been. I, it could have been the room. I don't think it was the room. Uh, honestly, like I really appreciate everyone who put together that demo for me. I honestly had never been more confused behind a pair of monitors in my life. <laughs> and Sam has a relatively similar sentiment mm-hmm. um, to that experience. I tried PMCs. I like them. I tried the 226s. I don't think they're that much of an upgrade from the Pro Axe once I like put the new amp with them. I mean, you get like a cooler image, but it's like... It's like I'm not going to pay like this price for like not that much of like an upgrade to me. Right. Um, and then I was kind of looking at like the like the IB line with PMC and whatnot, and it's kind of like, gotten to like a weird thing with PMC, and I kind of dropped that. And so I kind of went back to my original idea of like in like August or September. It's like, what if I pick up like a pair of like old B and W eight hundred two like Nautiluses. I was like, I have the amp to drive them. I can buy two of those amps, or I can just get like two 600 watt amps and mm-hmm. do dual mono. But if you do dual mono, you really got to have these like guys pretty well matched to one another. Um, so uh, I don't know if I would do that immediately. I'd probably run it off my 4B at 300 watts, even though it's like they can take up to 600. So. I don't know if you can do four ohm because this would technically do six ohm or six hundred at four ohms instead of eight ohms. So I don't know. It's just like something I'm kind of debating. Mm-hmm. And but it's like I'll tell you what, and this is something I learned is switching speakers is scary. <laughs> yes, because like you go into it and you're like, is what I'm hearing like like is it like trustworthy? Is this trustworthy and let's call it actionable information? Or am I just hearing the speaker in my room and my room's not like, my room's all set for these pro acts. They're not set for these PMCs Mm -hmm. or whatever I'm demoing. So it's like the amount of time that I would put into just like learning a pair of speakers and then be like, okay, what do I need to do to my room so that these speakers just do not tear me up? Yeah. So 
Um, there's like a lot of like that going back and forth. It's kind of like an interesting mental introvert conversation that I just have with myself when I mow my grass. <laughs> so it's uh, that's kind of what I've been looking at. Uh, I was about to make the move on something, but all these places were so locked down and it was during the riots and I was just like, I'm not like, and I was going to go pick them up. I was like, I was, there was one like out in California and I was like, I'm not driving out. I'm not taking a plane to California and then going like where the, I know these riots are and then picking these up and then driving these like crazy expensive speakers out of here back across the whole United States. Yeah. And so I found another one in Texas, but I was like, ah, I don't know. And then looking at freight companies, it's like, well, that's half the price of buying the dang speaker. So it was just like an interesting back and forth. And I got a, I, th- uh, I think one of the more mature things I did this year was like kind of pull back from that and said, I think we need to like sit back and reassess. Mm-hmm. So that's a new year, new gear. Oh, y'all don't know this. I bought, um, I found a, Masalik MLA 2, they don't make them anymore. I found one, someone was selling it on Facebook, and I messaged him, and I bought it. <laughs> Something I like to do is I like to play currencies off one another because you're going to get Masalik cheaper in the UK than you are over here, and you're going to get Manly cheaper, like a US brand, cheaper over here than you're going to get like over there. Mm-hmm. So I like buying that gear <clears throat> that you can switch the gear on the back, like you like the input transformer. You can switch from the 240 to the 110, 120, 110. And um, I think it just comes out of a different winding on the transformer, is my guess. Mm-hmm. And it's like pretty darn cool. So <laughs> I, I haven't like racked it. I plugged it in a handful of times. I honestly don't have space in my rack um, to rack it, but I've kind of like pulled it out when when I needed to use it. So I got to figure out where, how to make room for it. So it's kind of funny. Y'all know about that. So I don't know. What else do I want to say? I think like in the, I saw your text, Sam. I think in like Oh, do you have anything to say to any of that? No, it's great. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I think I kind of want to tie like two points into one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll start and then you can kind of wrap us up. Okay. So the first one, like you have a few points here. Um, so we just spent the past however long, 40 some odd minutes talking about gear and stuff like that and joking around. Um so we kind of go into a new year. I think this is going to air on January 13th. Um, as we go into a new year, like something that like I definitely challenge y'all to do, like after we just talked about gear for 40 some odd minutes, is like, like this is all fun stuff. Right. But like, stop caring about what other people have and what you don't. And like getting into that whole unhealthy cycle because there's no point in doing any of this if, like, you're going to kind of, like, lust over this. It's like, if you want it, just buy it. And it's like, well, I don't have the money to buy it. It's like, well, that's why you have a business. You have a studio. You have all this stuff set up. You, and it's like, I don't have clients. It's like, well, we just had an episode on why you don't have clients. So you can go listen to that <laughs> in season three. Um, and I kind of want to bookend that with, like, okay, well, I don't have clients, I don't have money, I don't have any of this stuff to do any of this stuff and to buy this gear, and I can't even have this kind of a conversation of, like, what gear do I have that I want to get rid of? What 
And then this is the gear that I think I'm thinking I'm going to go pick up. Like, what was my mistake in this? And like with gear, it's like the only thing I can do is kind of vicariously live through whatever you two are saying. And my response to that is the reason why you don't have any of that is because you don't have a plan to have any of it. Mm -hmm. And that sounds kind of far out, kind of far-fetched. But I'm telling you, if you just make a simple business plan and you plan to have that money and you plan to reach out to people, I think Gary V had a thing a few years ago where it's like if you give your two cents online and you invest like a dollar or like a dollar eighty a day, and that's like two cents, mm-hmm. like hundred no yeah, one eighty divided that. by two but, cents. Yeah. You get to all the people that you reach out to per day. You give everyone your two cents of like, hey, I love this. I love doing that. Hey, I would really like to work with you and stuff like that. And like per Sam said on like past episodes, it's like you reach out to 20 people and you get like one response. Well, it's like that's a 5% conversion rate. It's like, well, last Mm -hmm. time I checked, you make any type of like e-commerce sale or anything online, a 5% conversion rate is pretty darn good. Right. So I think standard e-commerce conversion rates for you selling something online is around 3% per people who come on to your, your thing. So 5%, man, you're, <laughs> you're hitting in, and I think I said in the, the past episode, you're standing in the tall grass peeing with the big dogs. So, but I guarantee you the reason why, like some of you might be kind of like chasing after other people's gear, living vicariously through somebody else's like Instagram stream or something like that is because you're not making a plan and you're not making a business plan and you're not making like a solid pathway for you to be able to achieve any of this stuff. And maybe your trajectory is not the same as somebody else's trajectory in this. But I mean, I, I swear to you, it's like, it's a pretty darn slow burn, but I mean, the slow burns really do pay off. Right. So, um, yeah, my last two points are like kind of stop caring about what other people have. And then if you do want to get there, make a plan to get there, make a business plan to get there, make a, business plan to if you do want to buy gear that you do that make a business plan to actually file your studio as a business this year to make it an LLC so that like you actually have like legal protection against if someone were to like come after you or something like that like make a business plan to like show a profit this year like if you want to expand in future years if you want to take out a loan a line of credit to like get a new studio to outfit it's like hey I want to like build like something that like looks as legit as like the stuff that's coming out of here. I don't know. Like, or we're, Hey, we're going to move to a better location. It's like, you need to show profit to do that. And you need to make a plan to show profit. Um, or make a plan to not show profit since, uh, I mean, technically I can't give you this advice, but it's like, it's January. So you probably haven't done all your books yet. So you can probably decide whether or not to still show a profit for, <laughs> 2020. I was talking to Sam before the show. It's like, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do that because I did a lot of like charity work and stuff. Not charity work. I did a lot of free projects. Um, I just, that's how I just have it labeled in QuickBooks, but like charitable, uh, mastering, whatever. And it's like, that's cool. And that's a write off. But it's like, if you had a bank looking at your P&L and your balance sheet and the banker's like, how come for the past however many years you haven't shown a profit? And then of all years, in 2020, you're showing a profit, not only that, and you did a bunch of work for free. I'm telling you, like, it's like, it's not, it's not about really making 
like going to the bank asking for money. It's it's like banks, like that's that's their goal is to lend out money, right? And to work with people. So why not just put yourself in a leverage like position to for them to want to work with you? So I don't know. Make a plan to show profit. Make a plan to not. Make a plan to buy gear. Make a plan to you know I'm going to back off this year. I'm going to kind of like hold back. Maybe I'm going to sell off a little bit. So I don't know, Sam, Matt. What do you say? I think what you just I said like was a great. Really massive brick for the last. Yeah, you just episode. went off. You went off. I bopped it. You bopped it. I love it. I spilled the tea. I mean, I feel like everything you just said was great. Like it's, it's. I agree with it. I mean, stopping. The biggest shift you can ever make for yourself is to stop caring about what others have and what gear they have, and accept that the path you're on is the one, is the only one you can be on. And until you surrender to that and stay in your lane, then no amount of gear, no amount of anything, no amount of New Year's, no amount of fresh starts will change anything. And I fully agree with the business plan. Like, if you don't have a plan for this year, or if you've never made a plan, or you've never made a plan of how you're going to buy gear and how that's going to benefit you as maybe a write-off or benefit you as saving time, which equals money, or benefit you with just inspiration or benefit you with putting a fire under your ass to then you need to pay it off. Like sometimes you have to buy or invest or take the risk um, Mm. in order to have that motivation to go, okay, I got to find the clients now. Um, And sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith, as they say, and then the provision, the next step will be, you know, made clear to you. There's something about choosing, um, I've found in my life to be true, especially in business, uh, when I choose, when I basically make a plan and make goals mentally, emotionally, financially, career-wise, until I put that on paper, until I tangibly make that into physical existence, um, until I start taking the steps, even though they may seem a bit scary, or you could play the what-if game of like, well, if I spend my savings on this piece of gear, what happens if I have a bad month? And then what if I can't pay my bills, but now I just bought this piece of gear? You cannot, um, in my opinion, play that game with yourself because it's, Mm-hmm. you can come up with a million things of why you shouldn't do something and why the future may be awful. And the reality is too within life is that bad things can happen. Like COVID happened and it was very destructive uh, physically for a lot of people. And from a business standpoint, a lot of people have struggled and there's also been lots of people that have done fine. But I think you have to come to this acceptance that life is full of of you know ups and downs and you need to make room for it all and that um with with your music career and your path and with gear and with business that you need to have the confidence that you're worth you're worth taking the risk on yourself there's no one else you should you should take a bet on more than yourself i think i mm. said that right but that's how the it's longer the longer i do this the more I double down, triple down onto myself, um, 
with my career and what I do and the way I make music and the and the type of sound I want to create and uh, that is a propellant in my career. It is a propellant in my financial gain. It's a propellant in um, finding the right client, uh, right clients, and continually um, clarifying in the industry. I do this. I don't do this. I do this. I don't do this. I've been saying that for three years on the podcast. If I'm continually fighting to clarify, this is what I'm a part of. This is not what I'm a part of. Not in a dividing way, but to help me figure out where can I best serve people. It has nothing to do with a, a division or excluding people. It has everything to do with there is a very specific path and way I hear music. And I want to find all the people who also dig that so we can create art together. Um, I really enjoy clarifying that each year. And gear sometimes helps do that. I find that gear is a tool and I find that it can be helpful to clarify. And, and in some seasons, I get new gear and sometimes I get rid of gear. And for 2021... Um, you know, I hope people just focus on investing in themselves. I hope that if you want to buy that piece of gear that you think, man, I just would love to have the massive passive, but the $5,000 scares me, I would challenge you to buy it. I would challenge you to, if you really feel like that's... Or just wait for a deal. Yeah, or a deal and buy it for 35 or something or whatever. But the thing you, like I try to help <clears throat> people think about when we talk about investments into a career is, um, and especially with gear, like gear holds value pretty well, as long as you're not buying like brand new off the market and turning around and trying to sell it. But even then, sometimes it does all right. But if you bought a massive passive for 3,500, you could sell it for probably oh, 4,000. Like <laughs> if it's a, uh, if it's a mastering version, right? Oh, yeah. And that's, you could, yeah, you're good. That's what I try to help people and I remind myself too if you're buying so many people freak out over monitors of like and this is something you do well Matt like you you buy gear at least to me it's like you buy gear and you return it if you don't like it or you resell it if you don't like it you have like an open hand with things and you're not afraid to try things to try and figure out what you really enjoy and that's where I feel like people forget, like, you can resell this stuff or return it. Like, you're <laughs> allowed to do that. So you're also allowed to, if you want to use Pro-X one year, or then Gentle-X and then Barefoots, you can change monitors every year. You know, if you really want to do that, you're allowed and you have permission to use whatever you want, whenever you want. You know, it may be... Um, difficult to relearn how things sound but you have the freedom to do whatever you want and that's what i hope like 2021 for people is coming out of 2020 it just seemed like the for most people not me but not that i have it figured out but 2020 was a, a lovely year for me overall and um mm. it was it was good but a lot of people seem to be really just trapped and suffocated and down and out and 2021, make it a year of freedom, a freedom that yeah, you can... Yeah, this one's for you. Yeah, you can take... I kind of look at it as like, uh, well, what you did in 2020 didn't work. So why not move forward in your business and buy the piece of gear you want? Because what you did last year of like being scarcity and, and being afraid to take a risk didn't get you anywhere. 
Like it made you more sad or more depressed or, and I'm not saying things solve problems, but sometimes things, tools do solve problems. (laughs) Like sometimes Mm -hmm. the answer is you need to buy that good converter. You need to buy those monitors. You need to buy that piece of gear because, or the plugins you want. Whatever it is, I want people to know like, you are worth taking that risk. You are worth investing into yourself. Go back and listen to our episode, You Are Worth More, <laughs> as well, from yeah. season one. That was like one of the first few episodes, I think. But um, but yeah, I just, I think uh, if people are willing this year to invest in themselves, stop comparing themselves to everybody, stop comparing their gear and who has what, and it's fine to to learn and ask questions and ask people, how do you like this or what do you think about this? And it's fine to even copy signal chains, but make sure you're, you're getting the things you actually want that will inspire yes. you to make the art you want. And if you do not do that, you're going to continually start each year in this awful, endless pursuit of trying to buy things that are not for you, that are not going to make you feel inspired and not give you confidence. And that's uh, one of the main things I find in my life is I've picked gear that makes me feel confident. And I have a lot of pieces of gear that no one would probably consider to use for mastering. But I like the way it sounds. I like the way it feels. I like the way it it processes. It's like Matthew music. McConaughey in the <laughs> Buick commercial. Yeah, exactly. It, I just like the way it feels. Exactly. I like the way some of my gear feels and the way it sounds, and it gives me, you know, a happy feeling and confidence. And and I choose that over always buying, you know, what everybody else has just because they have it. Um, you can pay attention to that because there might be some validity to something being awesome, but I see way too many people chasing other people's gear and, and social media accounts and stories and copying and thinking, if I just shove this into my world, then surely I can have that. And hopefully you realize that your world that you're in is unique to you and there are infinite variables different from person to person. <laughs> so trying to shove anything from anyone else into your world often does not work well, I've found. So that is all I have for today. It's a good message. That's my 2021. Damn. I'm not going to like, I'm not trying to be boastful. That was a good damn episode. Solid start. That was that was season four. Like the rest of the episodes can completely suck. <laughs> But man, we started strong. That was a bop. Strong. We had a we had a bop intro. A solid bop. You spilled the tea for like 20 straight minutes, which was great. Holy crap. I know. I'm sorry. You did the monologue. We haven't I love We it. haven't done an episode you and I in like 2 or 3 weeks. I know. So, I'm glad to be back on this. It's great. This track. So, take us home, man. In the background, you will hear a sweet beat queuing up the outro of season four, episode one. Woo! From the very own Sam Moses over at BizaBeats.com. We're doing it. If you like this, you can buy it over at BizaBeats.com. You know something we have not done yet? I wonder who listens to this. I listen to this because I really like to hear what type of music you're going to put with this. <laughs> but you know something else we don't do? What? We don't plug our own mastering studios. That's true, we don't. 
If you need any mastering, <laughs> if you're a mix engineer or whatever, if you're a mastering engineer, you don't know what you're doing, feel free to reach out. And uh, Sam can be contacted over at MosesMastering.com or just Moses Mastering is the handle. And I can be contacted over at ForTheRecordMastering.com or same thing as the handle, mm-hmm. for the record mastering. So feel free to give us a shout. Um, yeah, if you like what you heard today, do as Sam said in the beginning of the episode. Give us some likes, stars, thumbs up, and uh, subscribe. More importantly, please share this episode with a friend who you think may benefit from it. So, with that said, morning, afternoon, evening, have a darn good one. Woo! No, whatever you're having. Yeah, morning, <laughs> afternoon, evening, where? Well, like I said, it's been two weeks, whatever. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Sam, cue up the music. Cue I lost me. some steam there. It was like, yeah, coming out of my left ear. All right, see y'all later. Bye. Bye.